Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. This podcast is kindly sponsored by Visit by GES, our smart event solution partner. For more information on Visit by GES and its smart event solutions, head over to visit.ges.com. So, a very good morning, afternoon, or evening to our podcast followers, wherever or whenever you may be tuning in to us from. Don't forget to stay up to date with all of the latest content from eventindustrynews.com by downloading the Event Industry News app, which is available for all the major mobile devices. You can also get your opinions to us using Twitter via at Event News blog. So, on to today's episode, and it goes without saying that every event needs to market itself properly. Without the correct exposure before, during, and after, um, an event will quite simply fail to succeed. The responsibility for marketing will be placed heavily on the shoulders of the professionals working directly for any given event, but on today's podcast, we're going to be looking at how venue marketing teams can help deliver great event experiences. Let's introduce our guests first of all. Um, we welcome to the podcast Jasmine Beale, Head of Marketing and Communications at Olympia London. Jasmine, thanks for joining us. Thanks. We've Hi. Julia Galbraith, Marketing Manager for Exhibitions at Excel London. Julia, thanks for joining the podcast. Good morning. And Kate Simpson, Head of Conference and Digital at London's Business Design Centre. Kate, thanks very much for joining us. Hello. Julia, let's, um, let's come to you first of all, and I'll fire the first question to, to get us off and running. Um, without a detailed understanding of a particular event, how can a venue's own internal marketing team um, contribute and what can they bring to the party? Well in an ideal situation I think without a detailed understanding what we'd want to do is meet with the client and get a real sense of what their particular objectives are for that event because depending on what those are will kind of dictate how we can then fit in so um, a marketing team um, I think I probably speak for both Jazz and for Kate as well we can do so many things in order to support an event coming to, to the venue and that can be from um, the kind of the, the more obvious um, things like how we can help the event gain exposure and we can help promote the event but there's also a whole wealth of other things that we can do to ensure that we help deliver the best possible event at the venue so this could be using some of the partnerships that we have um, both within the industry and uh, um, around the city as well um, to help add value. We, it's um, about providing the tools and resources. I think sometimes we can forget that the venue can form a really important factor in someone's reason to attend an event. So what we want to be able to do is provide as much materials and information as possible so that the venue doesn't become a barrier to attend. So that people um, coming to an event can um, very quickly see how easy it is to get to the venue, what they can do while there, what facilities we provide, things like Wi-Fi, great food and drink. And also they can kind of have an understanding of what there is to do after the event. So so a lot of the marketing we provide is about making sure marketing teams from the event side has access to those resources. We also, I mean, we see two, three, about 300 events every year, so we're really well positioned to kind of see what, what other organisers are, do, are doing, which is really good. And then help help kind of support, provide support to marketing scenes to maybe give suggestions or ideas as to what they might want to do um, to help have a great event. 
And on the last sort of things, we're also here as a bit of a resource in terms of if anything, God forbid, happens, which is not quite going to plan, if there's a bit of a, um, a crisis both at the events or maybe in the, in the wider um, kind of environment, we're here to help provide support and make sure that any messaging or any information that goes out to visitors and to customers is on message and is fully aligned with the organiser. So it really is quite eclectic, I think, what a, a venue marketing team can do, and it's very much dependent on what that particular organiser is looking for. And Jasmine, um, let's come over to you. As Julia alluded to, a, a venue is able to look at not just at one particular event, an event in some respects will be quite insular. They will be looking at their own clientele, their own uh, audiences, their own exhibitors, their own delegates. Uh, as, a, as a venue, you have the luxury of being able to look at lots and lots of different types of event coming through your doors every year and be able to sort of almost pick and choose the best bits and the worst bits from them and feed that back. How, how good is, uh, are you at Olympia of keeping um, I suppose records and reference material so that you can pass previous event experience on to new, new clients. Um, at XR London we see many events each year and um, so what we've been focusing on over the last couple of years is putting all of that energy and all of that expertise and knowledge into our Olympia London blogs so then we have a portal which is available um, for anybody be they an organiser or um, just within the event community um, and that shares so quarterly we have learnings from our spring shows our summer shows for example so we can we're we're on site day in day out so we can see what's interesting and what's exciting and what's different so we'll see what's work, working really well um, at 100% design for example and we'll also get inspiration from something that's working really well at a conference and I think you'd be surprised at the number of times that we can sit down with those events and give them some, I guess, some ideas that they could then apply that aren't necessarily drawn typically from their competitor events. And Kate, um, at, at somewhere like your venue, the, the Business Design Centre, um, one thing I was curious to ask on today's podcast was, was on the subject of data and, and marketing now is driven so heavily by data and events themselves and organisers will very much be the custodians of the data relevant to their event. Um, how, how much data does, does your venue have access to in terms of previous visitors and delegates and, and people who've used the venue for another event? Um, are you able to access anything along those lines and able to support a, a client that's coming to host their event there? Sure, so um, as Julia mentioned at Excel, obviously um, the organisers themselves will be the, the kind of experts in their own field. Um, at our venue, I would say we're made extremely well for trade events, although we have some fantastic consumer shows. The trade events really will know their attendees better than us. All of the show attendees will have registered in advance and I think the organisers themselves will have very specific information on their industry that we really can't compete with. Whereas on consumer events, I think that's something that um, venues themselves can assist the organisers in helping fill the gap where potentially um, an attendee to a show might have bought five or six tickets to an event they come to the venue, they might log into the Wi-Fi and the venue themselves might be able to fill that gap with information for the following year to kind of remarket that event where the organiser might not already have that on file. 
coming back to you, Julia, um, I think that perhaps one of the best ways to reference what we're talking about today is, is to, to maybe look at some examples and, and I'll give all three of our guests the opportunity to, to, to talk about this, but um, are there any particular events that, that stand out um, where the process has worked brilliantly between the marketing team from the event itself and your own uh, team at the venue where the experiences have dovetailed perfectly to deliver that, that great event experience? Oh gosh, one off the top of my head. Um, we, we worked, we've been working quite uh, recently with a number of consumer shows to help them. Um, some of them were sort of new to the venue, so are looking to kind of get an idea, a much better understanding of how they can use the venue in order to market their shows um, to, to the, the, the best possible um, way. So that what we've done things like um, we have a whole host of sort of local partners who are quite keen to work with us to help amplify the events. So for um, Emirates Airline Cable Car, we've got a fantastic setup with them whereby um, on a kind of reciprocal basis, if, if the event is keen to promote their um, services um, to, to their, their database, they will help use the, they will use the TFL marketing channels to help raise the profile of the event um, and also offer some nice discounts to visitors coming to a particular show so that it gets a nicely packaged, they can have a fantastic ride over the, the, the terms of the venue and then arrive at Excel. So it's, it's a really, it, it adds to the event experience. So we've been working with a lot of organisers on that. Um, we also have something called the Excel Network. It's um, a sort of a partnership of around 50, 50 to 60 hotels, restaurants and attractions um, around London. And what we do with, with many organisers is say, look, are any of these guys of interest to you? Because they might um, want to work with you in two ways. One being um, you, can, you can have a great sort of after hours package added to your event or actually all of them have, have their own channels and routes to markets. So they might be interested in working with you to kind of um, do competitions to, um, to, to help um, raise awareness of the event or, or push out some kind of ticket discounts through, that, through their channels as well. Similarly with London City Airport, um, just around the corner from us, um, that's a great place in which B2B events can find a route to market because there's, I think, something, something like about 80% of the traffic going through London City Airport are business professionals. So we can also make introductions to the team there to see how they can work together to help promote their, their um, um, kind of show. Um, on the other sort of sides of marketing support, um, I mentioned that we um, kind of work very closely with organisers to ensure um, that all of our, our, our sort of messages um, are aligned. Now, following the terrible incidents in Manchester recently, we had um, a really high volume show coming through the, the week, immediate weekend afterwards. And understanding the organisers and the visitors were very concerned about what was happening in the current climate and what the implications were in terms of the safety for their event. So we met with the organiser very, very quickly and sat down to map out all the different sort of messages that we wanted to collectively send out in order to reassure people that it was business as usual and not to be um, kind of, you know, alarmed at all about security. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of ever-changing um, and as I sort of said before, it does depend what that organiser is kind of looking for. So Kate, just on the subject of, of um, local geography, and Julia um, mentioned that uh, 
that, that there are certain partners and other businesses in the in the area of the venue that, that they work with and that they can bring on board and recommend uh, to certain clients. Um, at the Business Design Centre, I'm, I'm pretty sure if memory serves me, you're sort of Islington Angel sort of way in that area of London. Loads and loads of, of, of businesses in that part of the world. Presumably you've got relationships with, with some of those and, and other things that you can bring in uh, for clients if they need recommendations. Absolutely. Um, we're really, really privileged to be based in a really vibrant area. So the whole of our street is full of bars, restaurants, and they go from a kind of French, English, all the cuisines you can imagine. So we're, we're kind of sport for choice, really. Um, and the location is probably one of our biggest selling factors. Um, our team at the moment have been going out into the um, local area and actually forging stronger relationships and reviving those relationships with the businesses that we have. Um, many of the restaurants will have their own function rooms, meeting space, they offer discounts for events that go there, um, and also through our social channels as well. We get a lot of activity around events where you'll see restaurants will offer ticket offers just kind of off their own back. They'll um, tweet out or message out running offers that they've got, and if you take your ticket in from a show or your exhibitor badge in, then quite often you'll find that they'll be wanting to work with you because that's where they get most of their business from. I mean, it's a vibrant area, but the kind of levels of visitors we get through the year, kind of over a quarter of a million visitors come to the venue. So it does feed those businesses quite nicely. And then on the other side as well, we've got other partnerships with um, obviously our local partners that work inside the venue. Um, we've got 120 businesses that actually operate out the venue being Kind of based more on a trade centre kind of concept than just a, a venue um, with limited space. So we've got people who provide exhibition signage, we've got on-site audio-visual teams, um, right through to kind of IP lawyers and um, people who fit various design um, industry showrooms. Sure. So it's, it's quite nice to have that on-site and also the local venue partners and we work quite closely with the Emirates, which is down the road, and other larger venues in the area that can offer things like gala dinners after hours. So, yeah, we're lucky in that respect. And, and Jasmine, on a, on a similar level, I know that um, uh, it's, it, it's a vast and a, and a historic venue, but you, again, you're, you're in a, a very, very, um, I suppose, relatively accessible, but quite a, a, a lovely part of... West London and, and presumably over the years you've been able as a venue to build up relationships with amenities and other businesses in the area that can bring their own particular elements to, to any given event if it's needed. Yeah, for sure. So we have, um, as does Kate, we're Sport for Choice with local restaurants and bars in the area um, who are all very forthcoming with offers and spaces for functions for exhibitor parties, for example. Um, we have initiatives such as the Kensington Business Forum, which is a monthly meetup where um, we all get together and kind of just discuss what's happening and how we can improve the local area and everything. Because I think, um, I'm sure the girls will agree, it's about the experience of attending the event. And if we can make our local area experience that much better, then I think that benefits everybody. Um, and then, so we're also lucky enough to have headquarters for L'Oreal and Business, uh, sorry, BBC. Um, and Harrods on our doorstep. So we have their staff um, HR function contacts on a database and we would promote our events to 
uh, the staff that are within the local area. So I think that's about 30,000 um, employees within the local area that we've got um, access to, so to speak. And I guess having that that understanding of local businesses in the area ties back into one of the very first points we made, which is having the, the, the local experience and the, and the local knowledge that could be relevant to, a, to an, an event that's coming from, from outside of the area. You know, a, a lot of the events, I guess, that you guys host will be national and international events, and the organisers may not necessarily know the geography and the makeup of your particular area. So having those, those business relationships, not just for things like social venues and restaurants and bars, but even knowing that there could be a massive office block down the road that's full of industry people relevant to an event that's coming to your venue is going to be useful to, 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 stay, um, to stay abreast with. Yeah, exactly. So I think um, we also do quite a lot of work to understand who our local residents are. So I'm sure as the girls will agree, um, each of our venues has a bit of a catchment area. So here at Olympia London, we've done a lot of research into who's our typical local resident, um, what kind of um, demographic do they fall into, what kind of events would they be most interested in, how can we reach them. Um, and we've done quite a lot of work to um, make sure that we can get as many of those local residents onto signed up to be hearing more about Olympia London events and things like that. You also touched on no local knowledge in terms of events that are coming uh, perhaps from overseas and I think that's also where our team can help out with press relationships and media relationships. So we recently had Walker StalkerCon come and launch their first um, UK event at Olympia London and we were able to facilitate some brand new relationships with the likes of Time Out London this evening standard because I think um, those are the events that probably need the most amount of help in understanding the local area, making the most of those partnerships. Um, yeah. I, I, I think for us as well we have um, a lot of international clients who do bring their events here. So a lot of the work that we're doing as a marketing team is helping them unlock London as a destination and working with our network, but also kind of groups like London and Partners help um, sort of make the, help organise, make the very best of London, which kind of fits in and is aligned with the mayor's agenda about London is open. So it's making sure that um, we work with a lot of hotels in order to be able to provide hotel rooms for sort of great big group bookings, working with our transportation partners to assure, ensure that we can get delegates and visitors to the venue quickly and easily. We're doing a huge amount of work at the moment with the Crossrail, the um, new Elizabeth Line that's going to be opening next December. Um, that's really going to change the way that people travel across London and the kind of accessibility of London as a whole. And we're fortunate enough to have an Elizabeth Line station opening on our campus directly. So um, we're working with London and Partners and with the team at Crossrail to make sure that our audiences know how much um, the Elizabeth Line is going to change their events and how much more of London will become on Excel's doorstep. As a result, it's only going to be about 15 minutes into central London, 45, 43 or 45 minutes to Heathrow. Um, so it's just going to change the kind of makeup of London for international clients. Um, I think that's also important given the kind of current climate and with sort of Brexit, which you know happening last year. Um, 
there are going to be questions from international customers about how open is London. So um, a lot of the work we're doing is to, is to help um, customers understand that London remains an incredibly vibrant, eclectic, warm and welcoming city for international, um, international guests to come to. I um I just I want to move move things on to to another sort of area of of marketing and something again that I was quite curious to ask today and that um that comes from uh relating to to integration um when it actually comes to delivering messages and delivering marketing messages whether it be through social media channels through um, blogs through website updates whatever it may be um, most people now will be working off a laptop and posting or writing some sort of information um, how hard I I individually is uh, uh, have you addressed the issue of integration between your own websites between your own social media channels so that events who are utilizing your own venues can actually make the most of your own channels and and how easy is it, for example, to, for them to get information onto your own venue websites about their events? How is that all operated now? Um, perhaps we'd come to you first of all, Kate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're quite fortunate, we've got quite a small team here at the BDC, so we work quite closely together. Um, and for example, we had uh, tube strikes that were announced last, early last year. Um, so we can quite quickly disseminate information um, we immediately managed to create uh, information put on the website as a blog post for Best Routes to Get Home. And that's the kind of information I think Julia mentioned, you know, comms, crisis comms. If you wanted to send a message out to the people that are currently logged into your Wi-Fi, for example, via email marketing, it's very, um, it's very quick to do. And I think it's about building that relationship in the very initial stages with the marketing teams and the people who will be on site. So we've got an organised office where we can always go and find the teams that are working with us. Um, we can go down, explain to them if something is happening or what is happening, and um, between us, form a message that they're happy for their exhibitors or their delegates to receive. And, and that, this Jasmine, that, that, that ties back into this idea of, of local knowledge in a way, doesn't it? Because as, as Kate rightly points out, if you're in a crisis management situation or maybe not even a crisis but just some some urgent information regarding transport or you know uh, a, a, an external issue outside of the venue um, it's going to be far easier for the venue themselves to be able to communicate that because they know the best ways to do that don't they as opposed to the organizer um, how, how when you're planning an event with a client how much of that sort of information is relayed to them in advance to make them aware that should this happen we can do this for you and how much of it is knowing that you've got that facility and able to react if you need to deploy it? Um, yeah, so with all of our events, as soon as they contract we'll sit down, we'll have a meeting with them, we'll talk about what their objectives are for the year um, and how we can dovetail with that and then part of that will be covering off uh, the crisis communications contingency. So there are several members of our team who are media trained um, and have extensive experience of that kind of incident reputational management. Um, I think one of the challenges for us and our events is that man on the street maybe thinks that he's attending Olympia, maybe doesn't understand that it's not Olympia that doesn't organize that event. So there are certain situations where I think it's probably better for the venue to take the lead on that um, and work in collaboration with the organizer to push out appropriate messaging throughout their channels. Uh, we've recently had um, 
digital signage installed in and around the venue. So quite recently we had um, a power cut. Um, this was, uh, say recently, this is last November. Um, and we had to very quickly communicate to exhibitors, visitors who were all coming on site to let them know that they did, they weren't able to access the venue, it's nothing serious, because I think obviously you need to stop that kind of thing blowing up on social media. Um, so in answer to your question, it's something that we would always communicate with the event organizing team beforehand, and it's taken on a case-by-case -case basis. There are some events, for example, Reed's London Book Fair, where they prefer to take the lead on that kind of communication and I think for us it's just whatever works best for our client. Sorry, I mean we're, we're, we've got, we're constantly kind of looking at what the exhib um, exhibitors organisers are up to so throughout the day um, in the marketing team we have tools like Hootsuite up so we're constantly monitoring the conversation around Excel um, from events that are coming our way and what people are saying so that also puts us in a position where we're able to respond very quickly if we can spot something um, particularly when you, you kind of think when events are on site they're so so it, it's so busy it's so hectic they don't have time to do the, the, the same amount of monitoring so by someone in the marketing team at the venue keeping an eye on the kind of chatter online what's being said through Facebook through Twitter we are also in a position where we can quickly advise them look you you might have a challenge or an issue in this particular area or these people these people are sort of saying this about you how can we help how can we how can we support you on that um, I feel it's a bit like spying half the time but um. <laughs> well no what, what I was going to say is that I guess that by doing that and by taking that that front foot initiative in terms of monitoring and identifying any issues from a PR as a PR exercise between you and your client that's going to look good because if you flag up an issue that you've spotted through online mm -hmm. chatter that they haven't spotted and it's something that they do need to address that's only going to reflect well on you as a venue isn't it absolutely I just say um, I think it's all about it's about changing the, the approach as a venue we really don't want to be seen as a kind of another part of the of the kind of um, like just another supplier it's important we work in partnership so we want to become almost like a member of the, the marketing team at um, of the um, show itself so yeah. that we can we're, we're, you know with, with, with no judgment with no um, any particular objective we just want to help them so yeah we by, by doing that, by offering that particular service and then being able to step in straight away um, making ourselves very I mean you know Organisers all have our mobile numbers and stuff, so if there's anything that's needed, whatever time, we can jump in and, and, and help them. Um, I was going to say exactly what Julia was saying. <laughs> yeah, so I think we were, I was just agreeing that we're, we're just, we're part of the jigsaw puzzle and we want to be a part of the team and actually the experience of attending an event is something that we as a venue need to take ownership for as well, so we recently launched um, some post-show or sorry ongoing client feedback so we ask our organizers what they think and what's going well but I think potentially more importantly we're asking exhibitors and visitors on an ongoing basis what what do you think about Olympia London what would you make better um, and we're using the results of that survey to direct all of our investment so um, really disagreeing with what Julia is saying um, in that we it's as much our responsibility as it is the organizers so we absolutely need to be on the front of that. Mm -hmm. um, Kate, how, how different is it from client to client? How forthcoming are clients in terms of utilizing your own 
marketing experience and the and the venue itself. Is there is there a difference to some events just say no 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 we're absolutely fine we don't need much support from you are others really really forthcoming and saying look what can you do to help us how does it differentiate itself absolutely um, I think I just just mentioned you know you get some organizers which they know what they're doing and we, we've, we've got some really long-standing events that have been with us over 20 years so they consider themselves um, a part of our team and you know they're also calling our venue their home which is fantastic so when it comes to those relationships um, sometimes they don't need as much help and um, we just tend to update them on the new activities and new things that we can do to support them or new things in the area um, and then you get shows that come to you for the first time and they want to or even to London for the first time as, as Julia was saying um, and they really really want to take your wealth of knowledge everything that you've learned all the experience from your teams um, and take that on board so that they can use it themselves. Um, we had a, a new show recently and, and their team will come in for a meeting as, as we both um, imagine Olympia and Excel have these meetings but they came in and they're really, really keen to work with us. So I think it's about establishing those relationships from a very, very early on stage, you know, at contract signing like Jazz said um, and just seeing where you can help support them. And I think it goes to saying across the venue teams, not just marketing, you know, the people that help run those events as well, they're just as keen to see the events that we host as success as we are. And um, I, I suppose that, that I'm not sure who, exactly who to fire it at, but stick a hand up and, and, and take this one. With so many events coming through your, through your doors and a sort of constant revolving door of build, show, break, build, show, break, um, how, how tricky can it be to do quite quick post-show debriefs with people to look at what worked, what didn't work, and begin planning for, for the following year? Because presumably if a, if a client hasn't yet committed to returning to the venue, you want to find out as soon as possible how well they've done and try and see what, what you can do to get them back on board. So how difficult is it to fit those debriefs in when you've got the next show lining up sort of almost immediately? Yeah, I can um, tell you how we, we address that. So post-show, um, we have an independent research that will contact our organisers, go through quite a detailed debrief document to get that feedback from them as an independent source so that they can give their honest honest opinions and that feedback goes straight to kind of a director level team and we will address it as a team to make sure that any feedback like Jazz was saying um, is, is where you're directing the investment back into the venue um, and I think doing that as soon as possible after the event both with the people that have been on site and the people who have contracted events so it's kind of in line you get you get both sets of feedback is really important and, and Julia and Jasmine, when it comes to that feedback, um, again, I don't know if you can reference specific examples, but um, in your experiences, have you seen where the feedback and, and any information that's, that's come back from a particular client has actually led to you implementing, you know, different activities or certain different protocols or different ways of doing things? Um, how, how, how valuable is that to shaping your, um, your future activities? Says Jeff, you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 vital, really. Um, I would say, kind of, I mean, we've invested a huge amount of money recently, um, money and time in 
developing our food and drink proposition because I think historically in the past, food and drink, um, the variety of food, the expense of food, um, people's um, desire to be able to come to an event and still eat healthily and not have this sort of standard for want of a better word, the exhibition fair that you might have expected, that I mean, historically has appeared as part of feedback. And as a result, and a result of some other research we were doing, we've completely transformed our catering proposition here in order to be able to offer a, hu a, like, a huge, huge variety of different foods. Um, some for those people that are more sort of health healthily inclined, there's more protein-based food, um, loads and loads of salads, lots of kind of recognisable brand names, but also some some bespoke food and drink brands that we've developed for our market. And that is resp in response to people saying, well, actually, food and drinks are a really important part of, of my event. If, if my customers eat well, if they feel good, they're going to come to the event earlier, they're going to stay longer. And we've listened to that and gone, okay, that's that's really valid. I think in terms of kind of tech investment for all venues, that's that's something that we're continuing to do, and that is a, as a result of the world changing around us at a rapid rate, and people's expectation of what technology they're able to access in the venue, things like Wi-Fi. Um, and other sort of services like that, their expectations are far higher. So as a result, our tech infrastructure has to kind of, you know, did, um, you know, keep improving constantly in order to kind of meet organisers and customers' expectations. Um, so everything we do in the venue, um, things like um, we've launched a new training um, and meetings kind of venue called Centred. That's in response to a lot of our customers saying, well, actually. Excel's really sort of, um, it's too big and I, 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 there isn't a place for my smaller events there. And so we're like, actually, we want to develop somewhere so that you can bring small, little, intimate training events and have a nice, comfortable environment to do it. That's in response to, to sort of customer feedback. Um, so it, I mean, it, we all the the bit like Kate, we have independent um, research after every event. It's circulated to the highest level. We all have visibility on it. Um, people are named in a document in good ways, and you know, and and ways that, that we can improve. So it's it's fundamental to the sort of um, sort of different KPIs that we set the business that cool. yeah. um, the feedback that we get back is listened to, and then if there's anything that's not as we would want it to be, we we instantly try and kind of build and and, and improve on that. Um, Jasmine, is, is it, would it be fair to say that um, some of the elements that Julia mentioned, things like you know food, food offerings, catering, um, Wi-Fi, let's go back even ten years, which is not a, a huge length of time. Um, in in the last ten years, I think has there been a shift where people realise that all of those elements contribute to somebody's overall experience of an event, whereas in the past they perhaps weren't looked upon as 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 valid as they are now, if that's the right right way to phrase it. Um, is there a better understanding now that all of these things contribute to the overall experience, therefore, no matter how small it may be, it does need to be the best it can possibly can? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've probably, within the events and exhibitions industry, gone from that shift of attending a trade event um, and having to spend that day out of the office to actually We've got all of this information and knowledge and insight at our fingertips on the internet. So what do we really need to do in order to really convince people to take that time out of the office, to take that time out of their weekends to attend an event? And actually, the experience has to be rivaling going to the cinema, going out to a really nice restaurant, especially here in London. We have so many competitors for how people want to spend their time. Um, and I think it's 
it's become even more important that we have a very integrated system as to how we process all of that feedback and implement it. So um, potentially, so our research is anonymized um, with the view that we're going to get um, more honest answers because I think we were probably in a place previously where the client knew that we were seeing that feedback and they also knew that we kind of um, were about to draw up a, an agreement for their for their business for next year. Um, so we've just gone, right, okay, we don't need to know who said what, we just need to know what's important and how important it is to them. Um, and that's led to us making some changes in and around the venue. So we've invested quite heavily in wayfinding. Um, you, I don't know how well you know our venue, it's 130 years old. Um, it sure is beautiful, but it comes with um, some very specific um, challenges in terms of making sure that every event feels like it's got its own home. It's We have many different entrances. We don't have a central entrance or boulevards uh, like Excel or BDC, so we need to make sure that everybody who gets on site gets there quickly and efficiently and gets to one of the five doors that we have available. Yeah, I was going to say... It, it, it will come with its with its challenges, won't it? You know, the, 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 perhaps some people may see it as a luxury of having a you know a, a, mo a modern bespoke built venue, um, whereas others like the idea of using something like Olympia, where it has those little sort of idiosyncrasies and and perhaps um, de uh, without sounding derogatory, maybe has a sort of a character about it that a, a, a newer building may not. But um, with that as a as a challenge. How do you also, uh, do your responsibilities extend to, to marketing the venue from a sales point of view as well as actually supporting the marketing of events and, and I suppose it would be quite important to touch very briefly towards the end of the episode on, um, on how you actually market the venues themselves. Um, Julia, uh, maybe this is a good one to, to fire at you because you, as I said, have got the luxury of a, a fantastic modern state-of-the-art um, state facility there. but from a marketing point of view, how, how difficult a job is that to actually bring new business in? Well, it's, I mean, that forms a huge part of, of the role of the venue marketing team. I think, I mean, I, do, I imagine it's the same for Kate and Jazz. Part of it is about the organizer's support and making sure that um, events here um, are successful and go really well. But another part of it is attracting new business to the venue and um, kind of working with existing business as well. Um, so yeah, it's it, depending on who the organizer is, um, what their objectives are, what their history is. It, there are some challenges in attracting new business to the, to the venue. Um, as you've mentioned, Excel is a, is a, a newer venue. We opened in 2000. Um, we're a, a sort of a, a sort of very modern um, venue. But we are in a part of London that 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 in the past is, is not so so sort of well known. Um, so we, as a marketing team, I work really closely with the commercial team to try to look at what 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 are these um, shows looking to achieve and how can moving the event to Excel help them achieve that and come up with all the, the collateral and the communications to sort of as part of that sales process to say to say to organizers you know shows that take place at Excel are really successful um, so yeah a huge amount of work goes in from a menu um, a venue marketing side into into bringing in in that sort of new bit new business and, and Kate when we, when we reflect on some of the 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 things that we've talked about in today's podcast in terms of the support that you can give to an actual organiser in terms of local knowledge, venue knowledge, um, information support, I guess some of that also plays a part in marketing the venue itself to new business 
um, the relationships with local businesses, the transport links. Um, it, a lot of that information will just translate across to that other element of the marketing that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I think you um, have to pick your, your kind of strongest qualities. And um, one of our core ways that we generate businesses by going out and actually meeting people. Um, our sales team, again, um, based within a kind of a small office team, we've got quite a good transparency with them. So our message and what we're trying to put across is um, always very clear. So when we go to events, you know, at other venues, I go to Olympia, the meeting show, or to um, IMEXs and the IBTMs. Um, those those events where we get to meet people are probably where we put the most value in terms of um, sending our marketing support, really. And um, I suppose as, as we come to wrapping up today's episode, um, the last thing I was, I was keen to ask you all is, is, is what you're working on at the moment in terms of new developments. Is there anything that, that you are you are changing or developing or working on at the moment that you would like to bring to people's attention so that people are aware of, of what you're doing. Jasmine, let, let's come to you first on that one. Um, okay, so I can't say too much because it's not out in the public domain yet, but I'm sure you guys know that um, we have new owners who are looking to um, feather the nest, as they say, so we'll have some really exciting updates for everybody in the coming months. It's like when a football team gets a new uh, a new Chinese investor, everybody's looking for the <laughs> big new players that they're going to sign. Um, Julia, um, anything that you would like to, to, to bring to our attention um, in terms of developments and what, what your team are doing at the moment? Really, um, can't, it's not in the public domain yet, so can't say too much, but we're doing some work on the technology side of things to look at how we can help improve the customer journey through the venue and right. the networking that takes place here. Um, we've got some other projects where we're looking at developing our brand. Um, I, I sort of mentioned that we are a, a fairly new venue, though, you know, 50, 17 years old now. Um, so just making sure that we've got an exercise to kind of re-look at our brand, looking at the, the venue branding, how, how our messages are translated across the, the venue. Um, and then also, as I mentioned, Crossrail is our really big, big project. It's about making the market aware um, of just how sort of um, sort of uh, you know, not life changing, but how how fundamental this new railway is going to be to to, to uh, London as of next year. And and finally, Kate, um, anything that you guys are, are working on over at uh, BDC at the moment? Yeah, sure. So we've just been improving our food offering. We've got a brand new kind of arm to that within the the restaurant. And as with um, Jasmine, we have that restriction on the kind of age of the building itself so we've been working on some refurbishment facilities and uh, yeah excitingly we'll have some new technology updates coming soon to our organisers. Fantastic, um, uh, I think it would be without going through all of you and asking you for all of your website details I, I think pretty much all of our followers, watchers or listeners will be savvy enough to be able to go onto the internet and find uh, the Business Design Centre, Olympia London or Excel if they want to get in touch with you. So anybody out there that wants to get in touch with our guests today, I'm sure it will be very, very, very easy to track them down. And similarly, if you are a, a venue, another venue um, that's tuned in to today's podcast and you're working on anything and you want to get in touch with us um, and uh, you've got anything to add to this particular topic, 
please feel free to head over to the website and um, and get in touch with us. Um, it's now time to thank our guests on today's podcast. We've been joined by Julia Galbraith, Marketing Manager for Exhibitions at Excel London. Julia, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. Uh, Kate Simpson, Head of Conference and Digital at London's Business Design Centre. Kate, thanks very much for joining the podcast. Thank you. And Jasmine Beal, Head of Marketing and Communications at Olympia London. Jasmine, thanks for your time today. Thank you. We've been uh, looking at, uh, at the subject of, um, of marketing and um, how venue marketing teams can help to deliver great experiences. And as I said, if any of our uh, listeners and, and watchers have got anything to add to today's conversation, please do get in touch. The podcast is kindly sponsored by Visit by GES, our smart event solution partner. For more information on Visit by GES and its smart event solutions, head over to visit.ges.com. Don't forget to get any opinions and thoughts on the podcast over to us via Twitter using at event news blog and download the new eventindustrynews.com app available for all the major mobile devices. Thanks very much for joining us on today's podcast and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Mm -hmm.